Hey everybody, Matt Hartman here again for Drunkard's Walk. Well, we are back again with another classic episode of Drunkard's Walk. Want to say a big thank you, as always, to Jesse L.E. for our theme music and Nick Harmio for our artwork. They've been with us since the beginning, so they are classics as well. We're going to jump now to episode seven of season one, and I picked this one because um, I really like uh, the destinations in here. Uh, There's a couple of my faves. Uh, You actually get to hear two walks during this episode. Yeah, we used to do that from time to time as well, so enjoy that, and if you are enjoying it, give us a rating or review on uh, iTunes or wherever you're listening to your podcasts. Uh, Also, check out our link tree. That's linktr.ee slash drunkardswalk. All right, I'm going to shut up and let you listen to Matt and Jethro from 2020. Welcome to Drunkard's Walk, everybody. I am Jethro Nolan, and with me, uh, not physically present, but in the uh, internet soundosphere is... Matt Hartman, sitting here in the soundosphere. There we are, both little voices in your head. Uh, who knows? We may have died hundreds of years ago, and you're listening <laughs> to this in presumably some sort of podcast museum in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we when we were alive in 2020, we did this, and... We had no idea that it was good. I mean, I guess we had some idea that it was going to become huge. Well, we must um, have, or else we wouldn't be talking about it like this, would we? Indeed. But people dismissed us as fools for thinking that. So um, They did. Lot, they did. They did. And, and which is odd because the people who dismissed us as fools were those closest to us. Uh, um, but nonetheless, here we are uh, making sound in your ears. And mm-hmm. we are about to do a podcast, a drunkard's walk, if you will, uh, that takes us from one random topic on Wikipedia to another random topic on Wikipedia. Yeah, that's right. And uh, trying to get there in the quickest number of links as we can and getting, of course, our suggestion from uh, I think we're still going to just go straight to Facebook here this week. Um, yeah. So when you're ready, let me know and we'll post it. Oh, I'm ready. All right. Well, let's do it then. And posted. Posted away. Let's now, I have a question for you. Yeah. We often talk about wanting to do this in the uh, smallest number of links possible. Mm-hmm. We have no way of knowing Mm-mm. if we've even come close to that. And and nope. I was thinking that something that might be fun for our listeners is if if they can get from topic A to topic B in any episode in a smaller number of links than we do, they should let us know. This gives a shout out on the social meds. Yeah, absolutely. Say, hey, absolutely. Losers, I did it quicker. Yeah, and they can uh, they can send us an email at uh, drunkardswalkpodcast at gmail.com. They could get but us Matt, on, Matt, but on Matt, Twitter. What, what, okay, they could get us on say. Twitter. No, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> We're on Twitter, Twitter at drunkards, at drunkards P. But not our, everybody's our on Twitter or email, no, Matt. No, they're are there not. Other, they're not. other ways? We are on Instagram uh, at Drunkards Walk Podcast. And um, I mean, we're not really, we don't really have a Facebook presence, so to speak. So I don't not, know not how officially else. As, a pod, as a podcast, but no. we as individuals do. Well, sure, sure. Yes, we, we use the Facebooks uh, to get our suggestions, obviously. Um, so we'll see how that works out for us tonight. Um, I got to ask you, Jethro, before we start, before we get our suggestion, are, are you, are, are you doing uh, your own little drunkard's walk and having, having a drink this evening? I'm doing a, a, a drunkard stand as mm. I stand here in front of my microphone, but I am having a drink. In fact, it is, uh, I'm on, I'm on the red wine now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've given up most other forms of alcohol. Sure. Um, and uh, I'm on the Botabox Revolution, mm. which is presumably a red wine blend because they were out of boxed Pinot Noir when I went to get some. I see, I see. But it's, it is adequate, uh, and the second glass is even better than the first. Well, there you go. And, and you, sir, are you enjoying a, a beverage of any kind? I am, I am indeed. I am uh, I'm actually drinking um, uh, a bourbon that is called Larceny, uh, and if you're not familiar with it, I do invite you to check it out. It is one of the better uh, inexpensive bourbons out there. Um, really? So yeah, it will not break the bank, but it is very tasty, uh, very smooth, and um, an excellent, excellent bourbon, in my opinion. So check that out. And I mean, I think if anybody knows, you know, uh, uh, we have listeners, right, that have listened to our other episodes. They know that you're drinking the wine. They know I'm drinking the bourbon. Um, but they're always curious about which kind, right? That's where the curiosity lies. Well, specificity is the soul of narrative. Ah. Uh, Yes, yes. I think Hamlet said that. Did he? No. 
There but might, I, was, I mean, <laughs> I mean that that lie didn't stand up to much interrogation, nope. did it? Nope. Yeah, I just I can't I can't. Uh, once you start questioning me, I don't know what to do because uh, that's, that's I would, that's I would have made a great detective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no responses so far of any kind. Uh, no. Have we have we ever talked about what we're going to do if uh, if if we've finally squeezed the sponge of our friends' brains dry? I think I think we've, we've mentioned it a, a couple times before. I mean, we we've asked this question many times. Uh, we've gotten answers before, and and as I say this, I got a comment, uh, and we're we're off, my friend. We're off. Oh and my goodness! I got a a, a suggestion from Eric Harrison, and he has suggested. Decameron. Decameron? Oh, Decameron. Yes. Hmm, Giovanni Giovanni Boccaccio's Decameron. So much more sense. Have you ever had those things where you've heard it said, but you've never seen it written? That's what just happened to me. Uh, I, I do love the idea of a Decameron, which is a, <laughs> a rare Olympic event where you have to listen to 10 different Mark Maron podcasts uh, in record time. Uh, but yeah, Giovanni Boccaccio's Decameron, which I don't know much about, although it has been on my mind of late because I believe oh. that was either written during or and or set in a, uh, a plague time, ah. which uh, uh, Giovanni Boccaccio uh, wrote a bunch of stories during a plague. So it's, okay. it's apropos since we have our own modern day pandemic that is forcing us to um, stay at home and find other creative outlets other than the annoying people in person, which is what I'm typically used to. Yeah, that's what we're used to doing. Um, Yeah. But uh, what's good that you at least know uh, that much about it, because that'll help us get from our starting point, which if uh, if you listen last week, you know, we ended with mantis shrimp. The mantis shrimp, the bad little bastards of the sea. That's that's right. That's right. And so we're going to be trying to get from mantis shrimp to uh, the Decameron. And, um, boy, it's, uh, I, let's, let's, let's do it, man. Let's see where this takes us because, uh, I don't know how we're going to get un- from under the ocean, uh, and this particular little animal, uh, off to this, this piece of literature written, uh, you don't even know exactly when it was written. You just say during, during some sort of plague. I'm, I'm going to, yeah, during some sort of plague, but I am going to go with the black death. Oh, so the plague. It's everyone's favorite plague. The most popular uh, plague, so much that we call it the plague. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if popular is the right word. The most I'm, well-known plague. Uh, I, in fact, I know like w- one third of humanity at the time really didn't care for it. Well, they didn't, they didn't have a whole lot of time to analyze it, to be honest. Um, the rest of humanity also did not enjoy it, I'm sure. All uh, right. I have, I have, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no. I have just had a, a brainstorm while reading about the claws of the mantis shrimp. If Did, oh, yes. Down. They talk about the measurable force uh, on their prey, in addition mm-hmm. to the instantaneous forces of the 1,500 newtons that are caused mm-hmm. by the impact of the appendage against the striking surface. Sure. So newtons, as you know, is a measure of force. I do know that. Um, equal to uh, mass times acceleration. And it's named after a guy I like to call Isaac Newton. Oh. And Isaac Newton uh, had a rather um, busy year during a plague himself where he invented calculus and um, uh, optics. Mm. So I think if we go to Newton's, we get to uh, Sir Isaac Newton, we get to the plague, we get to people who were productive during the plague, we get to Boccaccio, we get to Decameron. Wow. You are... you you. You just think you got a whole, a a path right straight to it. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you. I think that that's a great idea since I don't think like uh, um, sediments or uh, pistol shrimp or mollusks is going to get us there. So I'm happy to, uh, to check out Newton's. Let's do it. All right. Fantastic. Newton's it is. Newton's Newton's, as everyone knows, not only are they a delicious um, uh, cake-like cookie with fig in it, uh, also, well, I got hold on. Not just fig. Uh, there was an apple Newton. There was a strawberry Newton. A blueberry. Okay, Newton. but those those were all variations on the original fig Newton. Sure, sure. Fig Newton was the OG, uh, and I'm a bit of a of a, a Newton snob. So, oh, are you? See, I, I was a big fan of the apple Newton, and then they they stopped making them, which is what happens uh, to everything that I like. Um, as soon as I become a fan of it, they stop making it. So that's why I hate this podcast. Um, not a fan of the bourbon I'm drinking. I just have to keep up that facade. 
Mm-hmm. You, you really tricked the universe there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one knows. Um, no one knows. Uh, I've see for me, Fig Newtons uh, are, are basically like Star Wars. Like the first one was fantastic, and then they made a bunch of prequels that I didn't like. I see. I see. I can understand that. Um, I can relate to that as well. That story makes sense to me. I Good. get it. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, all right. So uh, I'm I'm noticing that at the very top of this page, of course there's a link for Isaac Newton. Uh, and I don't really see the point of going too much further into this other than to say that there is an F 100 jet engine linked in here. Um, they, is that, is there, is there a lot about jet engines in the Decameron? Um, you know, I, I've not read the Decameron. I know, hmm. I only know of it, but given ah, that so it was don't know. written during the black plague, which I believe was before the Wright brothers flew at Kitty Hawk. I'm mm. guessing the answer is no. Slightly before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't see a reason, honestly, to, to go too much further than to just say, let's take Isaac Newton and, 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 and have our way. Uh, let's have our way with Isaac Newton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which certainly I believe not, we would, not what I meant, but uh, certainly I believe I we would be the only people to do so because I, I think, and this could be a bit of uh, trivia that uh, I've I've learned that is not uh, actually true, but I believe that Isaac Newton was a virgin, like a uh, lifelong well, virgin. We're in luck because we're on his Wikipedia page, and I think we could we could take a real brief uh, uh, jog off of our our journey here and just see if that's included. I mean, we can't we can't bring up the tantalizing possibility of Isaac Newton's sex life or lack thereof, and uh, not dig deeper. In fact, there is under his uh, his life section, uh, an area called personal relations. There is, yes. So let's... Although it was claimed that he was once engaged, Newton never married. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the French writer and philosopher Voltaire, who was in London at the time of Newton's funeral, said he was never sensible to any passion, was not subject to the common frailties of mankind. I think we know that that means sex. Nor yeah. had any commerce with women. Hmm. Yeah, there's uh, the the line below that the widespread belief that he died a virgin has been commented on by writers. Uh, and then there's a list of uh, different writers, including Carl Sagan uh, on that list. So it it is definitely a widespread belief. Um, unfortunately, Wikipedia has no proof, nor would I expect it to. So, Yeah, but the, I mean, just think about how impoverished the sciences would be if Newton had gotten laid more. I know. Or at all. Yeah, I mean, he 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 probably would have found uh, optics and calculus less uh, diverting matters if he that's, had yeah. known the love of a, another human. That's probably right. So, kids, that's your lesson right there. If you want to have an impact on uh, the scientific community of the world, if you want to change the world, don't uh, don't be betting down. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, I. I wonder if everybody would be similarly uh, as uh, brilliant if they had just given up sex, but I, I don't think that's going to be a very popular uh, choice. Well, you have to assume that that they would. So, yeah, I, I, it's the only, it's the only, uh, <laughs> it's the only fair assumption. It's, it's um, true. Boy, I've never seen uh, the Newton's coat of arms, and it's on here. It's two, it's 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 two bones, two bones on a white background, just or on a black background. Excuse me, just crossed. It, it, it looks, looks like, like the coat of arms a dog would make for itself, perhaps, uh, or a pirate, perhaps, and not a, and not even a particularly smart dog. No. Like just the first thought that a dog would have bones. <laughs> well, I'm sure that that wasn't his. I mean, had he gotten to redesign it, it probably would have been way better, right? But you're, you're stuck with it, right? It's true. Um, all right, so I am seeing optics in here. So I was seeing if they had anything about when he kind of came up with all that there's definitely some dates there's a link to the great plague oh there is oh yes the university temporarily closed as a precaution against the great plague oh in early life oh i missed this and although he had been undistinguished as a cambridge student newton's private studies at his home in woolsthorpe over the subsequent two years saw the development of his theories on calculus optics and the law of gravitation and he he is all i've done is put out a podcast yeah. He's well, that's not bad. Out. I mean, given, given there's a lot more people in the world now than there were in the 1600s. So, you know, you can't expect percentages, man, percentages, you know what I'm saying? 
Uh, I, I really don't. You're, you're, you're throwing around vague concepts with that. What I'm saying is that there's, there's so many people in the world that the impact that calculus has, right, is, is, is very great, but, but that's because there's far less people, right? So every person has a greater impact because the total impact is going to be the same. Uh, so all of the people now, we will have a slightly lesser impact. And uh, this podcast has a slightly lesser impact than calculus. Um, so two points, mm-hmm. the, the, the impact that the total, the total human impact on the world is not right. the same, uh, from year to year. So it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not like there's less impact per person because I there's more people now. I don't know if that's correct. I mean, there's, there's conservation of energy. You've heard of that, right? I um, have. So I think that that would you know probably came up with that. fit under the same, who you, came but up you've heard with of it? it. The universe kind of came up with it, but, uh, but who understood that it was a thing? Um, and, and put it down in one of his laws of motion. I don't know. I would guess a scientist of some kind or a mathematician. I don't know who, um, it was Isaac Newton, Matt. Oh, I haven't gotten to that part yet. You spoiler alerts. That's what I need. Spoiler alerts for Wikipedia. Um, listen, here's the thing. I'm going to, uh, try to, um, get you to stop, uh, proving me wrong and say, let's, let's just follow the great plague and see where it takes us. Uh, I, you know what? That, that's, I love that idea. Did Let's you believe, and, did you, you want, you want along with me? Okay, great. Let's do it. Ooh, interestingly, brings us to the great plague of London. And I don't know if you know, if you picked up on the subtle nuances of Giovanni Boccaccio's name, but <laughs> he's Italian huh. or rather was. Hmm. Uh, so, but the great, pl- did the great, the great plague. Well, I guess I don't know enough about the great plague. So is this a different plague then? Is that what you're saying? That this plague only affected? No, it couldn't well, be. No, uh, it, 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 it originated in Central Asia. Uh, oh, well, that's when I was when I... So this was the uh, oh, last, the last from major. 1665 to 1666 was the yeah. last major epidemic of bubonic plague to occur in England, in England, which I have to tell you, bodes really poorly for us living in coronavirus times. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, it's almost as if it comes back in waves. And if we're not careful, uh, it can blow up again. Yeah, uh, well, period, it lasted until, I mean, it started plague. in 1331 and lasted until 1750. So just saying. So, so we, we could be in lockdown for uh, another 400 years? Oh, I, no, they're not going to, uh, no, no. Certainly we're all going to go out and die before then. Um, but, uh, you know, it's our, it's our right as Americans right. to go out and, uh, yeah. before that, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, so, so the concern here is of course, that this is not the particular outbreak or particular plague in which the Decameron was written. Is that, is that your concern? It, well, I, I, I think that my concern is that this is a more specific page yeah. for plague-related deaths. I feel like if we went out to bubonic plague, mm. uh, we would get out of London and we could get into the perhaps the Italian. And I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going I'm to judge a book by its cover, or rather uh, a man by his name, and say that Boccaccio was Italian and suggest that we want to get into the Italian plague, not the, the Great Plague of London. Uh, that is that is absolutely fair. I'm wondering if there is just another, uh, if there is potentially a shorter path. I don't know that there would be, but um, potentially there might be like a link straight to, like would something like Italy take us in there faster or uh, perhaps authors or something along those lines? Like I, I, I know very little about this work of art or this, this work of literature clearly because I saw it written down and I couldn't even pronounce it. Um, so I know, I know not of uh, the, the contents in any way. Is it, mm-hmm. it is a work of fiction? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh do, do you know what it's about in any way? I mean, you know, down further in the sea also, we have a whole bunch of different, uh, we've got some London plagues, Black Death in England, the Derby Plague of 1665, the Great Plague of Vienna. Uh, Ooh, where's where's Great Plague of Vienna? It's down under sea also. Um, a Journal of the Plague Year, a 1722 novel by Daniel Defoe. Um, I'm just saying there's some there's some other things down here. There are a lot of things. A I guess, plague, a plague doctor costume. 
we can click on that if we want. Uh, I mean, it would be fun for us all to see that image of that uh, thing with a really big nose. Uh, mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's going to get us to Giovanni Boccaccio's the so others can go and, and look at it themselves. I understand it's what you're true. saying. Um, do you think, though, that like Daniel Defoe, who wrote, like, is the Decameron about the plague at all? Or is it just, was it just written during that time? I, I feel 83% certain that it was written during the plague. Oh, I see. And I, I cannot speak to whether it is about the plague, although given the number of people who are locked up at home right now writing screenplays that feature uh, coronavirus, yeah, I would, I would think that the topic would be heavily on the author's mind. Mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely one of the pieces of uh, Western culture that has endured for hundreds of years. So and I'm just wondering... Plague-oriented. I'm just wondering if, if perhaps... Daniel Defoe, who also wrote a book about plague, uh, if, if perhaps there would be a connection there from his page, or perhaps from uh, Harrison Ames' okay. page, probably not as much. Other right? other plague authors, yeah, something along those lines, like other others that wrote or other books written during the plague or something like that. Although this one is seventeen twenty two, which I would think would be significantly after. Uh, well, and I feel like at. my my gut instinct is that the the Decameron was earlier. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I don't think it was right, a, right, right. Uh, a set even a seventeenth century thing. I think that uh, Newton's plague and uh, Deca and the Decameron's plague were two different plagues. Wasn't the original Black Death killed one third of the population of uh, the Earth? Something like thirteen sixty six or or in that time period uh oh i guess i didn't realize it was that long before um i mean I, it's definitely before this that we're talking about now whether or not it was in the 1300s i, I guess i don't know it's it's certainly possible i um uh, once we get out of like the 1700s stuff starts to fall apart for me so that's why as i'd mentioned in previous ones um you know not too good with the uh, like the, the mythology and things like that. Um, I, okay. <laughs> so it is mythology and history are two different things. No, no, I know that they are, but mythology is, was all written very, very like a long time. It, we call it ancient history. Uh, that's the time it was written. So, but no. I, I, I will, ancient I will say ancient history and mythology are two different things. I, I understand, but mythology, uh, you can tell me the Greek mythology wasn't written in ancient times. The, the particular Greek myths certainly were. Well, that's what I'm speaking of. Greek mythology, Roman mythology. When I say mythology, that's that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I, I understand that mythology is a wider thing than that, but that's that's what I'm that's what I was referring to. That's what you're breaking down. That said, I do see something here that says uh, plague was one of the hazards of life in Britain from its dramatic appearance in 1348 with the Black Death. There we go. 1348. 1348. Where, where are you seeing this? Um, that is under outbreak. Um, but unfortunately, there's no link to that. But if we, I, there must be a link to the Black Death in here somewhere. Um, I mean, it, it only stands to reason. Tower of London. There, there's definitely, there's definitely a uh, a link to bubonic plague. Right. I, I yeah. Well, that's probably going to have it too, right? I, I guess my concern was that that was going to be too specific. Um, oh, Black Death. It's right at the top. Uh, it's right at the very top. I think, uh, well, Black Death or Bubonic, Bubonic Plague might be too scientific. No, no. Black I, Death might I, give us a more historic, I, historic. I would only, yeah, I would only want Bubonic Plague to get to the Black Death. I mm -hmm. want the, the cultural mm -hmm. event of the Black Death rather than the scientific uh, yeah. facts of the Bubonic Plague. Exactly. Exactly. So we're we going with Black Death? I think so. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. This, right is, this is great. I'm, I'm so glad that we're able to... Uh, focus folks back onto disease right now because uh no one's thinking about it and i really feel That's like right. well it goes it goes straight to your friend who gave decameron as a suggestion like i mean we've all been mm. talking about the decameron and sure. how yeah. we, we've also been flouting out the names of these uh people who are really productive during a pandemic mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and and like <laughs> shakespeare wrote king lear or whatever like don't put pressure on yourselves people you know what no. Do no, do nothing. Just just relax and take care of yourself and wash your hands and play a lot of video games. Or you know, it, it's it's certainly possible that more people are listening to this after uh, this has all occurred 
anyway. So, you know, maybe, maybe you already did wash your hands. Maybe you did a great job. Uh, maybe you didn't, but if you're listening yeah. to this after, um, doesn't really matter. It's over. Or, so. or, or maybe, maybe you're the descendants of the people who did wash their hands and stay at home. There you go. And, and the people who didn't wash their hands, uh, Darwin took care of. Yeah, so that's right. That's out. That's there. They're out of the equation, my man. Um, boy, there is a lot of, uh, scientific information on this page about rat fleas, um, mid guts epidemics. Boy, oh boy. I need a little bit more about uh, who was doing I, I what want, when. I want, I want the plague Ooh, in Italy. Oh God, there's pictures. Oh God, oh there's pictures. Oh yeah, there are. Ugh. No, Look thank those. you. No, thank Ooh, you. That person's fingers. No, no, don't talk about it. Look like they have acral gangrene. It, I mean, we could. Come on, a picture is worth a thousand words. I could. Uh, that's right, and people can go look at it if they want, but they certainly don't have to. <laughs> um, I do see some some references to to Italy in here. Do you know? Um, yeah, the populations of Florence, for instance. Uh, mm. but, no, I couldn't um, tell you where in Italy uh, Giovanni Boccaccio. Well, it's it? just, I mean, it's just, it just links you to Florence, so it's not going to help. Uh, Italian chronicler Agnolo de Tura. Hmm recorded his experience from Siena where the plague arrived in May of 1348. So the the problem is that you believe that this was definitely during the, during a plague break, outbreak, but you're not sure which, is that right? Or you're not even, I'm, you're 83% sure that that's the case. I, I yeah, I, I feel like, I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to be a plague snob, but don't be, I feel like, don't I feel like, well, I'm going to be a little bit of a plague snob. I feel no. like the black death mm-hmm. was the plague to beat. Okay. Yeah, and <laughs> sure. Like sure. I feel, I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna be inspired by a plague to mm-hmm. write down some stuff and, and maybe put your stamp on uh, Western civilization, I feel like this is the plague to do it in. Okay, all other plagues were lesser plagues. Because let's let's go back to the top here. How many people did the Black Death kill? Estimated uh, to have killed thirty to sixty percent of Europe's population. So take that coronavirus. Wow. Oh, your, please your, don't your, don't what don't dare it. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you know how viruses work, but they don't respond to English language. Oh. Are you sure about that? I'm very certain. Okay. Do you um, know there was an outbreak in October of 2017? I did not know that. It hit Madagascar, killing 170 people and infecting thousands. That is a bummer. Sorry, sorry to all of our Madagascarian uh, podcast listeners. Wow, an estimate of the case fatality rate for the modern bubonic plague following the introduction of antibiotics is 11%. That's high. It's high, but uh, it just goes to show how kick-ass antibiotics are. Jethro. What? Jethro. What? In popular culture. What? There is a link. What? To the Decameron. What? (laughs) It's true. Where's in popular culture? How did we miss that? We should have looked right away. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Giovanni Boccaccio's Decameron. The Decameron by Giovanni Boccaccio finished in 1353. Tales told by a group of people sheltering from the Black Death in Florence. Numerous adaptations to other media have been made. Shall we click? We shall. Let us click. Wow, amazing. So, uh, fantastic. So this is, uh, this is, who knew that mantis shrimp and the Decameron were so Easily linked. So closely related. Yeah, that was, wow, what a quick little trip, that one, so, two, three, four, five, six, six steps. Not bad. Incre- looks like this is a double episode once again. I think it will be. I think it will be. But, uh, well, I guess I guess before we talk about the Decameron, we should find out where we're going. Uh, we yes, just... I, I believe I have a, a response, uh, judging by my I have some as well. Um, let's let's see timing wise, which one came first. Uh, your first response came how many minutes ago? Um, so, are, are we doing that, or are we doing the fact that there was one on your page and then there's one on my page? Like, well, I really want to do the second one on my page, so that's why I want to see. <laughs> All right, so so my, mine is 13 minutes ago, and it is exploitation film. So I have 17 minutes ago. Monster serials. 
Monster Cereals. Is that yeah. uh, C-E-R-E-A-L-S? Yes. Or S-E-R-I-A? Okay. No. It's like Count Chocula and the like. Well, 17 minutes ago is further in the past than 13 minutes ago. So Monster Cereals it is. Fantastic. Because um, that sounds I, great. I know that there are some uh, listeners who are like, but you've never answered the question if the Decameron was set during the plague or written during the So it was definitely written during the plague. Well, actually, and, you did read the description and it said it was people who were harboring. It was told by people that were harboring. Uh, co- correct. So that that is the frame story. So it's it's not unlike a, a Canterbury Tales in which it is a a a main main story, and then each within that each uh, storyteller has their own individual story. But we keep coming back to the main frame story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, it it, it has a subtitle. Did you Does mention it? that? Yeah, it's I Prince, didn't. Prince Galahot. Prince uh, Galahot. Yeah, G A L E H A U T. Wow. Uh, from the old Italian, Principe Gelato. Yes. Yes. Oh, well done. And uh, how is, what is it sometimes nicknamed? Please don't give the translation. Answer me uh, now. Umana Commedia. There you go. The human comedy. Well done. Wow. I, I would good. like to apologize to all people of Italian descent. Oh, they're not listening. Who, I wouldn't uh, about that. Yes, I know. But my, my ability to accurately render the Italian language. Uh, oh, you said Italian called... descent. Sorry, I was thinking you were talking to folks who were in Italy right now. No, you're absolutely right. You should be apologizing. Uh, yes. Uh, I, it, my, my, my Mario-esque uh, oh, uh, rendering Lord. of your language yeah. certainly can, cannot be interpreted in any way other than an insult. But here we are at Giovanni, Giovanni Boccaccio's The Decameron. Now, Matt, yeah. I ask you, mm-hmm. monster cereals. Yeah. How are we going to get there? I don't know, uh, but I'm excited to find out because um, there's a lot of different things up in here. Uh, I do see a section on adaptations of the Decameron, and I, I wonder um, if perhaps something under film and television uh, or theater or something like that might might link us, uh, or perhaps we're looking for... Um, Perhaps we're just looking for uh, a, a way to get into monsters in general. If we if we were to get to say Dracula, certainly there must be some sort of connection to Count Chocula from Dracula, right? I just um, love the idea that that you're hoping that there's a a serial uh, based. <laughs> remake of the Decameron, like in our pantries right now that Tony the Tiger and Captain Crunch are getting together and telling each other stories during this great plague time. And that's going to be our, our one click link from Decameron to the monster serials. I'm not going to lie to you, Jethro. I might write that after, uh, after we're done here, I might, uh, I might sit down and, and that's going to be, um, I'll have to read the Decameron first, I suppose. Um, that couldn't take that long, right? How, I don't even know how long it is. Um, well, it seems like it's long. No one does. No one does. Yeah. I, I mean, um, if if you didn't read it and just made it up, there would be very few people who would be able to correct you and say that's not in the Decameron. Mm, that's true. That's true. That's true. And and those those who did say that probably don't have the upper body strength to beat you up. So no, I what I will say is uh, that that wasn't what I, exactly what I was saying. What I was saying was if we went down to film and television, perhaps uh, we would find out that something that was a little more modern, something that was a that we uh, didn't even know, was an adaptation. Uh, was, for instance, um, they talk a little bit about how Shakespeare's uh, All's Well That Ends Well is based on one of the tales from the Mm -hmm. Decameron. Um, But getting down to film television, I'm finding that that might not be the case. Uh, They all seem to be actually the Decameron or uh, some other things that I've just never heard of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so maybe maybe the path into the monster itself, uh, into finding... Oh, Bonfire of the Vanities is in here, though. Um, and that's a little more modern. I don't know how it would get us where we need to go. Da Vinci's so, Demons. Do we, do we feel that the monster is the right in for monster cereals? Oh, I don't know. Monster Maybe. Cereals? Maybe. I, I, I you, feel you like think if, cereals? Let, let's imagine that we were um, on Dracula's Wikipedia page. Do we feel like there would definitely be a section for breakfast foods inspired by... <laughs> No, this but I monster? do I do feel like there might be a section on parody. And I feel like you could find that under parody. Mm, I feel no. like I feel like breakfast is a better Okay. Or or listen to me here. Yeah. Battle Creek, Michigan. Oh. Okay. Uh Battle Creek, Michigan, that's Kellogg, right? So Battle Creek, 
Michigan became the epicenter of the breakfast cereal revolution in America. Like breakfast cereal oh, is see. a relatively new thing for people, mm-hmm. for human beings to eat in the morning. Sure. Um, if you've ever had a continental breakfast, um, the continent they're referring to, Europe, mm. uh, it's meats and eggs and and, and breadstuffs. Not a lot it's, of cereal. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the American cereal revolution started in the early 20th century, I believe. I see. With people like uh, Kellogg and mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, Dr. Graham, uh, right. the, the Road to Wellville types, like, hey, right. there were Seventh-day Adventists who wanted people to be vegetarians and mm-hmm. and not masturbate and such uh, things. Yikes, so, okay. I'm sorry. It, it's a theme. Masturbation has to work its way into every episode. That's That sounds great. Um, but anyway. Trust me, I, I, it is. Yeah, it's definitely there. Um, and for those where you've listened and there, you haven't heard it, it's only because uh, it's I've been masturbating while doing the podcast. Right, right, right. That's how we. That's how. It's we more are. than the listener wants to know. Anyway, that's productivity. Um, but Battle Creek, Michigan, I feel like would be would get us to monster cereals. Okay. Um, um, okay. So you have a path. So you're just thinking, do the the geography path. I, I feel like we've done that before. I feel like that's uh, that's a little. I, I, I'm I not know, necessarily saying let's. Uh, I. I I agree. It's less interesting uh, yeah. to do the geography path. I'm yeah. just saying that if we can get to Battle Creek, Michigan, mm-hmm. um, perhaps through maybe religious fanaticism, uh, American manifestations thereof. Interesting. So there is a link to the Roman Catholic Church in this page. It's crazy that I said religious fanaticism, and that's, that was your first response. Well, there's it's, a, it's the uh, only there's religious also, thing I've seen so far. Martin Luther. Yeah. I feel like if we can get to Seventh Day Adventism, wow, uh, we we can get to uh, the religious wow. uh, restrictions to diet, which will get us to breakfast cereals and okay. the origins thereof. Well, I, I you know I'm certainly willing to give it a shot. Um, I, I I'm open for other other possibilities. Yeah, there's a there's a link to Henry Wadsworth Longfellow mm-hmm. that gets us to America. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, is there is there anything about uh, eating at all in here? Is there anything about food that could just take us a little bit closer, perhaps a little more quickly? I feel like Giovanni Boccaccio's Decameron is famous for having no references to eating whatsoever. Is it famous for that? Pretty pretty sure. Is it? I don't think that it's... Uh, speaking as someone who knows nothing about it, um, or, or certainly knew nothing about it until this moment... I uh, don't think you're right. Um, well, I, the Wall I Street appreci- Journal, the Wall Street Journal is linked in here. Uh, I, I, I say that. I appreciate that your white male certainty is admittedly <laughs> preceded by an yeah. acknowledgement of your ignorance. That's mm-hmm. it's the one-two punch of of white men in the modern era. Of that's how you got to do it. I've had no exposure to this, but I instantly have certainty. Mm-hmm. All right, that's how it works. The Wall Street um, Journal, you say? Yeah, Wall Street Journal is linked, uh, which would get us. Uh, nah, I don't know. I don't know. That the New us, York business press. Yeah. That gets us more to, to like finance and what, what, um, like, but there's, there's links, linkages there to, uh, companies, general mills. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's true. I'm just throwing that's that out true. there. All right. So we can go wall street finance. We can go through uh religious fanaticism. Oh, um, wow. There's a, there's, there's a reference and there's what? a link to My Summer Story. Do you know what My Summer Story is? I don't. Please tell me. It's a 1994 movie, and it is based on the works of Gene Shepard. Uh, if okay. you're not familiar with Gene of, Shepard. Of Christmas Story fan. A Christmas Story, yes. Now, he also they also made several of his other works into, into movies, and they kind of collect his, his... Mainly, he does like kind of shorter types of stories, but they, they kind of, you know, pad them uh, to build them into uh, whole things. Um, I feel like that brings us into modern day for sure um, in a way that, I don't know, it seems promising, but I, I don't I don't know how. I, I well, just... and, and, and Gene Shepard, uh, and I don't know this factually, but he certainly seems like a creature of the uh, uh, upper Midwest. Oh, for sure. From America, Indiana, yeah. as a matter of fact. Which is right next door to Michigan. Yeah. It's right there. I, 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 I like it. Let's do my summer story. Let's do story. it. Let's do it. My summer story. I, I got to check it out because, um, oh yeah, so a, a little Charles Grodin and Kieran Culkin, Mary Steenburgen. If you haven't seen this one, folks, you should definitely it, check it out. Pittsburgh treasure, Charles Grodin. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. 
Um, so yeah, so uh, it is primarily from Gene Shepard's book, In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. Um, Hold on a second. Let's have a chuckle at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, look, if you haven't, if you haven't read some Gene Shepard, um, you definitely should. I, I will point out this is also directed by Bob Clark, who did direct A Christmas Story. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, he's a great, great writer, a lot of fun. And he did tell you what he else he did, did some, uh, some radio drama versions of these where he like reads them. Fantastic. fantastic. Well, and he also provides the narrator's voice in A Christmas Story. So he, he has does. a, he a does. beautiful he, mellifluous uh, baritone. He also appears in A Christmas Story. Did you know Indeed that? Indeed he does. He, I did, in fact, uh, in the line in the line scene. That's right. I had a, a buddy of mine who uh, was the lion when they have the uh, Wizard of Oz characters, Jimmy Binns, an actor out of Chicago, uh, uh-huh. was, was, had a featured extra played the lion. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. I, and, I don't. Uh, I don't name up my my no, incredibly no. fringe famous friends. I think that you should uh, actually, um, as often as possible. Featured extra parts in <laughs> decades old movies. Uh, I got my finger on the pulse. Yeah. So there's some other ones that they made. Uh, Ollie Hopnoodle's Haven of Bliss. If you haven't seen that, uh, fantastic. The Great American Fourth of July and other disasters. The Phantom of the Open Hearth. Uh, some great um, CBS co-produced series of TV movies. Matt, I've just had another brilliant brainstorm. What do you see? Um, Right now we're in a movie, right? Yeah, yeah, we are. We're on the Wikipedia page of a film. We are. Um, Road to Wellville was a film made about uh, John Harvey Kellogg. Yes. uh, Of serial fame. Mm -hmm. Should we go the movie route? I know we did that with uh, Andre the Giant to get to, uh, in previous uh, episodes, to get to wrestling for the Montreal Screwjob episode. Mm-hmm, but I feel like mm-hmm. the, the, the cinema linkage might be something that could get us to Road to Wellville, which would get us to John Harvey Kellogg, which would get us to serials, which could get us to breakfast cereal. Uh, certainly possible. Do you know anyone that was in Road to Wellville? Because I can't recall. I, I want to say maybe Matthew Broderick. Was Matthew Broderick was definitely in it. Anthony Hopkins was in it. There okay. were also other actors. Oh, Anthony Hopkins, yes. Whose names I, I don't necessarily uh, know right away. Okay, okay. So but, kind of doing that, that uh, six degrees... Of Kevin exactly. Bacon trip. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm leaving that open as a possibility. It is a possibility. I'm just, I'm just trying to see if there's anything else on this page that that jumps out at me. Unfortunately, there's not a lot. The only thing that I saw, because uh, you were mentioning the Midwest, there is a link to the Kansas City Star um, because it talks about a review that it gave. Uh, there's also, I will point out, there is a there is a link to Ronald Coleman Gravy Boat. What? Uh, what? What is what Ronald Coleman Gravy Boat? Uh, it's uh, it's a particular type of. Well, Ronald Coleman is linked, as is Gravy Boat. Uh, gravy Boat gets us into food, and toot toot, all aboard the Gravy Boat. I mean, that I might mean, be the way to go. That's that's Gravy Boat. So un, under Mrs. Parker's plot, yeah. Uh, she acquires the first dish, Ronald Coleman's gravy boat, mm-hmm. though she accumulates more as Doppler announces the other dishes are unavailable due to misshipment. Oh, no. All right. So gravy boat, it is. Gravy boat, it is. Now, uh, you, it, and let's see what we got in here. Gravy. Do you own, do you own a gravy boat? Sauce. Um, yeah. And, and follow-up question, was it given to you as a wedding present? Uh, no, it was not given to me as a wedding present, but I do own one. Okay. It now, was will, uh, it was given to me uh, by my parents uh, because they no longer wanted it, and so it became ours. Okay, gotcha. Now I will point out to the listener that the um, gravy boat link takes us to Sauce Boat. Sauce Boat, yes. Which is a disappointing redirect. Yeah. And I'm also going to say it's a very short article. Very, very short page. Yeah. Indeed. Um, I, I'm not going to say this is the lamest Wikipedia page, but it's certainly in contention. It's up there. The least information. Uh, Thankfully, uh, we do have both um, sauce and gravy linked. Uh, Also plate, I suppose. Plate could get you there. But I feel like sauce or gravy gets us into that food area that we want to be in. It's true. So sauce or gravy? I guess that's that's the question for me. Are we going sauce? We going gravy? Mm, I I would lean towards sauce because I feel like it's a little more generic. Uh, perhaps mm. one could call milk the sauce of the cereal. Mm. 
what well, I mean, if one were hosting a podcast and desperately mm-hmm. uh, with wish thinking, yeah. uh, <laughs> believing that that was going to be a link, mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely not. There are a lot of milk <laughs> or cream based sauces, but to call milk a sauce of the cereal is uh, I don't want to say moronic because that would be rude. Sure, but I would I would use a euphemism while privately to myself thinking that it was moronic that you said that. So sauce, then you're saying? Uh, no, I. I <laughs> you want to go with gravies and gravies? No, no, get us there faster. No, I'm I, I'm sorry. I thought you meant uh, gravy. Then no, I'm totally fine clicking on sauce. I just completely object to you believing that milk is a sauce of cereal. Well, I think we're going to find out that it is in just a moment because uh, we're clicking on sauce. All right. Oh, now this, this is what I was hoping for. Now, let's quickly scan for milk on here. <laughs> it's got to be in here. I see applesauce. I see HP sauce. I see, uh, I don't see, uh, oh, mint jelly. Uh, mint jelly is kind of like, all right, whiskey like sauce, macaroni and cheese. Huh. That's weird. I'm not seeing. Are there it. any? Are there any breakfast sausage? Now, now here's where here's where the southerner in me is like. You know, I don't know if you've ever had biscuits and gravy. Yeah, That's sure. A damn, a damn fine breakfast food that mm-hmm. I uh, have enjoyed and and wish I had thought of earlier, so I could stop us from going down this horrible path. <laughs> I do see egg yolk linked under sauce hollandaise and emulsion of butter and lemon, we're going to go using egg yolk as the emulsifier, which could get us to breakfast, which could get us to cereals. Okay. So here's what I'm going to point out. Under C also, there is a mm-hmm. link for list of foods. What the hell? And I think mm-hmm. that if we don't follow that, we're just out of our minds. I mean, it's, oh, wait a minute. I would also like to point out that there is a link for saucery. Mm-hmm. Not sorcery, saucery, which mm-hmm. was the office in a medieval household responsible for sauces. Of course. Fantastic. We're not going to click that, but boy, do I want to. I'm going to yeah. follow up that on my, if you listen to uh, um, after after the Drunkard's Walk, my solo podcast that I do where I deconstruct uh, the main podcast. Uh, I think it's called, go, wa- it's called Walking Home, isn't it? Yeah. Th- thanks for the yes and there. I appreciate yeah. you <laughs> correcting the name that I gave. No, 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 no. I, I'm just giving you the 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 subtitle, right? After the Drunkard's Walk, Walking Home. Isn't that what it's? You're exhausting to deal with. Um, I am. <laughs> uh, but so am I. So there we are. I, I, I feel like list of foods... Uh, is there a chance that... Is your hope that it's going to list cereal? Yeah, for sure. I feel like it is... List of foods is going to be a pretty damn long list to have. It is 100% uh, going to have cereal on it. Oh, you you know this factually. I mean, not factually, but I I believe in it so much that it has to be true. I, I guess, but here's the thing. Uh, is it so vague that it might not? Do we want to look, do we want to take an extra moment here? We've got the time and look for something a little bit more specific that is more breakfast oriented. Sure. That uh, perhaps uh, could get us to cereal. You're thinking Rather something than, like chickpeas, maybe, or hummus, or salsa, maybe. If if any of those things were regular breakfast foods, <clears throat> then I salsa. Would say I mean, salsa is used on eggs a lot, so I I use salsa on my eggs all the time. I just don't think it's going to necessarily link to eggs or breakfast. Mm. Don't you? All, all right, I I'll go with list of foods. Yeah, there is a link for sour milk. There is. There is under Caucasian. Uh, a traditional uh, Circassian cuisine made on a base of meat broth with pounded garlic, pepper, and sour milk or cream. Hmm. But sour milk is rarely used on cereal on purpose. Well, it would would be sour milk to milk, right? And then milk to cereal potentially, but not even necessarily. Yeah. All right. List of foods it is. List of foods. List of foods. Look at that. Categoric list of foods. Oh my goodness. We got legumes. We got edible plants. We got edible fungi. We've got edible nuts and seeds, baked goods, breads, dairy products, eggs, meat, cereals. Cereals. There it is. <sighs> Here we go. Cereals. True cereals are the seeds of sp- certain species of grass. Now, one thing we did not think through mm-hmm. is the uh, more technical 
use of the term cereal, meaning uh, grains, versus cereal, that stuff that comes in a box that Americans eat for breakfast. But I mean, I, I would guess that on one of these, we would click on one of these and it would certainly have a disambiguation, right? Uh, like, uh, first of all, you, you've repeatedly brought uh, that it's fine. This, this topic has finally come to a head. You, you, you have repeatedly brought up yeah. the idea that we're going to land on a disambiguation page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would like to uh, finally disabuse you of that notion because a disambiguation page, I feel like you're going to get when you search Wikipedia mm-hmm. for something that is vague and could have multiple meanings. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you have a link within a Wikipedia article, mm-hmm. it's never going to link you to the disambiguation page. It's going to link you to the specific uh, topic that the author intended to link to. Mm-hmm. I agree. So for once and for all, until the end of time, can you stop bringing up disambiguation? <laughs> but at the top of that page, there will be a link to the disambiguation page. But if we click the right link, we won't need the disambiguation page. Fair enough. I agree 100%. I, uh, if we can find another way to get there, I want to take it. All right. Prepared foods, appetizers, condiments, convenience foods. Oh, boy also known as processed food. Sauces are on here. I think the milk is the sauce of cereal. We could try that. You could try that. Uh, and that's this is where the podcast ends. This is where we have a, <laughs> a great schism. And and you break off into a solo podcast where you follow your links and I break off into mine. And then <laughs> do, do my we'll, own thing. Okay. We'll eventually run back into each other in several years. Sure. Uh, fermented foods, noodles, pies, salads, sandwiches, sauces, snack foods. A list of snack foods. And generally eaten between meals. Like if cold cereal out of a box isn't a snack food, I don't know what is. It's not a snack food. Uh, potato chips are a snack food. I'll give you an example of something that is. That's a fair point. There is a, <laughs> uh, under C also, there's food products, mm-hmm. which could get us there. Foods with religious symbolism. Hmm. Mm. I don't know that cereal has religious sim- <clears throat> symbolism. I don't know about that either. I, I really think that cereals is going to be the way to go. Even if it's not, it's going to have, it might not link to all of the cereals, but it's going to link us to something that is going to give us a list of cereals. All right. So under the category cereals, there is a link for the word cereals and it says true cereals. And that uh, gives us the, so which cereals are we clicking on here? I would click on the first one, I think. This is category cereals. Yeah. All right, let's do yeah. it. Okay. Oh, look at that. Category cereals. Holy cow. Uh, here we go. Cereals are edible seeds of any grasses or other seeds of similar use or characteristics. Pages in category cereals. All right, so this is a category heading. So this is not actually a page. It is not. Um, but we but still have to count it. Here we Oh, no, we absolutely count it. But I just want the listener to know that this is a... A, a new thing that we've not encountered yet on the podcast. So rather than an article, this is a category link, which I guess Wikipedia has a listing of a bunch of different specific pages that fall under the generic category of serials. Right. So uh, just to give you a, a sampling of some of the pages that fall in this category, the American Association of Serial Chemists, mm-hmm. uh, Commercial Sorghum, Job's Tears, uh, Granola, there we go. Granola, I feel like could get us there. Ooh, triticale's on here. Triticale? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, which is the descendant, or not the descendant, the, the predecessor to quadro triticale. And everybody, of course, knows what quadro triticale is. Well, I'll is. tell you what, there's a, certain, uh, there's a certain group in the population that knows what I'm talking about, and they will appreciate it. And I, I'm, not gonna, a- I'm not going to explain any further than that. Is this a Star Trek thing? I told you I'm not going to explain any further than that. But, but is it? But is it a Star Trek thing? It's. Uh, let's just say this: uh, it'll be no tribble at all for those people to understand what I'm talking okay, about. So your your hilarious use of the word tribble. I'm, I'm glad that I I certainly don't know Quadro Triticale, but I know you well enough to know that whenever you can sneak a Star Trek a Star Trek reference, you're going to. All right, so we've got a lot of options here. I feel like granola gets us closest to where we want to be. No, from- no, no, no. Come on, breakfast cereals is definitely the one that we want to click on, right? Oh wait, oh, oh yes. Uh, oh well, if you want to go straight to the end, I, I guess that's fine. I mean, I don't think it's going to take us straight to the end, but I think it is definitely going to give us what we need. 
Right. Um, so under subcategories though, so, mm-hmm. so this will be a subcategory. So I don't think it's going to be a page. I think it's going to be another listing of Oh, uh, I see. Okay, I, well. I'm fine okay. to click on it. I'm fine to click on it, Matt. I want to make that very clear. Okay, then let's but, do it. Let's let's right. do breakfast cereals. Breakfast cereals it is. Oh, and here we are. Pages in breakfast cereals. Oh my goodness. There are so many. I'm going to go straight to the M's to see if monster cereals is one of them. I see Mr. T cereal has its own page. It sure Usually, does. Macroom oatmeal, Maypo, McCann steel cut Irish oatmeal, mini cinnamon churros, which can't be good for you. Now, Matt, I have a question for you. Yeah. When, when we post to solicit a suggestion of our possible destinations for this mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. Um, do you request that your posters post a link to the Wikipedia article so we, in fact, know that there is a Wikipedia article at, at the end of the rainbow here? Yes, indeed. And, and did this person post such a link? They did. All right, then. Then I feel much better knowing that there's actually a destination <laughs> that we're going to land at. Um, are you seeing anything that looks like a monster cereal, like a booberry? I, no, or, I'm not. I don't see booberry. I don't see Frankenberry. I don't see Yummy Mummy. I don't see Count Chocula. There's no, there's no Count Chocula. I don't there's... see Fruit Brute. Um, I don't fruit see any Brute. of Fruit Yeah. My God, you're going deep cuts into the... <laughs> but I do see a link to list of breakfast cereals. I see a link to list of breakfast cereal advertising characters. Oh, that's definitely going to get us there. What about what about Werewolf Bran? Is, is there a... Uh, no. <laughs> no. That's right. fruit. That's fruit brute. Fruit brute is a is a werewolf. Mummy flakes. Anything? Uh, no? Yummy mummy. That's yummy mummy that you're talking All right. about. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So, are we going to go with list of breakfast cereal advertising, advertising characters? characters? Yes. Absolutely. I feel like that's definitely going to get us to a chocolate yeah. count chocula. Who they? Blueberry straight out of the gate. First General Mills reference. Let's just take a moment to realize what we in America have done by creating an a cast of thousands to advertise unhealthy foods to our children. Uh, Capitalism has turned us into monsters. We've got Booberry, Buzz the Bee, Cookie Jarvis, Cookie Crook, and Officer Crumb. I I have to know more about that and the crimes that the Cookie Crook is uh, committing. Chip the dog, Chip the wolf, Count Alfred Chocula. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's got a first name. Alfred Chocula? Count Chocula's <laughs> first name is Alfred? What the fuck? Ah, oh, I need I need a minute to recover here. I need a fucking minute to recover at that info. I don't know what I was expecting his name to be, but definitely not Alfred. I I never would have guessed in a million years that he had a first name. Oh, well, I guess we know what we're clicking here. I mean, that's I mean, going to be the one that we're going to take, right? For sure. I mean, I, I mean, any blueberry, fruit root, uh, any of those is going to get us to monster cereals, uh, Frankenberry. But I need to know more. Well, wait, before you do, before you do, you've just you've just gone through General Mills. I, I've got to point out the Kellogg Company has quite a few as well. Big Mix, Captain Rick, Coco the Monkey, Chacos the Bear, uh, the rooster's name, Cornelius, though I think I have heard that before. Crunchosaurus Rex. I mean, they got Donald Duck on here. What? what? Why I Donald mean, but Donald Duck was a character pre-existing that they called. Woody Woodpecker. Who? The Wizard of Oats. I, I feel like, oh, Oats spelled O-A-T-Z. O-A-T-Z. That's how you know. And also, we should point out that Who? The Wizard of Oats, so unpopular, it doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. It does page. not have a link. <laughs> yeah, it does not have its own it's page. It's not a link, it's just a list. Yeah, there's a lot in here. The Honey Monster, King Vitamin, uh, King Vitamin. I, I have oh, a special place in my heart for King Vitamin. Let me tell, let me tell you a quick uh, sidebar King yeah. Vitamin story. So mm-hmm. my wife uh, was raised Catholic. Actually, no, my wife's mother was raised Catholic and uh, did not bring my wife up in the faith. But her grandparents were still devout Catholics. So she would show up at uh, the occasional service here and there, you know, Easter, Christmas, that kind of thing. So one time she's going into church with her mom at, at their grandparents' church. And uh, my wife, who was about five or six at the time, sees the crucifix and sees uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ crucified on the cross, only to uh, die and be uh, risen again. Um, anyway, so she sees the crucifix and she says, oh my gosh, what did they do to King Vitamin? <laughs> and 
everybody in the church heard this heathen child who clearly didn't know who Jesus was and uh, looked at uh, looked at um, her mom in shame for bringing up such a an ignorant child. Wow. That's, uh, that's that is my that is my only King Vitamin reference. I well, did not grow up with King Vitamin. I, I'll tell you. I so I'll tell you my quick King Vitamin story. It is also somewhat related to a church. Uh, in that, uh, when I was in college, uh, instead of going on spring break the way that uh, many college students did, I went on alternative spring break uh, my freshman and sophomore years, and that meant that we went to um, Harrisburg and taught for a week in the inner city schools. Um, Mm -hmm. obviously we weren't in charge of the classes or anything like that. We were just sort of observing and then helping the teachers and things along those lines. But we stayed in Palmyra, uh, Pennsylvania, which is right near Hershey. So it's Mm -hmm. it's a close drive to Harrisburg, but we stayed in the basement of a church and, uh, we were college kids. So we went and did a shopping run when we first got there because we had a kitchen we could cook Mm -hmm. in. We discovered King Vitamin at that point. Uh, we had never heard of it before. We'd never seen it before, but they had it in the store. We bought a box of King Vitamin that was never opened. Uh, it was only a mascot for the entire time that we were there. Don't know what happened to it. Don't know where it went. But but that is how I got to know King Vitamin. And so he was around it. all week. I should also point out, like, this is also my first... We, we spoke earlier with your hilarious mispronunciation of the Decameron. Yes, Let's not forget you. that. Yes. Um, <laughs> Let's not forget it, please. That this is actually my first time seeing King Vitamin written down. I'd only heard it pronounced. Ah. Um, and I was unaware until this very moment, dear listener, that King Vitamin, actually V-I-T-A-M-A-N. Yes, so, Vitaman. Uh, not vitamin as in there are healthy things in this that your body needs. Correct. <laughs> which there clearly weren't, hence it's uh, obsolescence. Yeah. Um, and uh, the last thing I want to point out before we click uh, on the count up here is I, I don't know what cereal uh, this is. It doesn't have a link, so I can't find out. I guess I could search it myself. Professor Waldo Wigglesworth. That, it, that is a cereal uh, mascot that I have absolutely never heard of. Uh, I, I mean, there's this, if you, if you want to go down some uh, marketing rabbit holes, this uh, list of breakfast cereal advertising characters is well worth your visit listener. Yeah, for um, sure. And, but let's not, let's not delay the, no. uh, the, the, the main event. The, the reason we all tuned into the podcast, right? What's going on with count Alfred Chocula? <laughs> oh my gosh. I hope that we get like a, a real history of his whole life here. Wow, so. yummy mummy redirects here because guess what? It just took us to monster cereals. Holy shit. Holy shit. It I didn't even click on I clicked on Count Alfred Chocolate and it surprise ended our podcast with monster cereals. That's right. The monster cereals are a line of breakfast cereals produced by General Mills Corporation in North America. The line was introduced in 1971 and at various times has included five brands, each featuring a cartoon version of a classic movie monster. Matt, would you like to list the five brands? I would. They are Count Chocula, Count Alfred Chocula, please. Frankenberry, Booberry, uh, which are still produced seasonally, as well as Fruit Brute and Fruity Yummy Mummy, both discontinued except for limited productions. Wow. Gosh, I can't um, wait to dive into this next week uh, and and just explore because one of the one of the links at the top in the contents is prizes. They're going to tell us about the different prizes that were in here. Oh, fantastic. I, I, I'm slightly uh, crestfallen that uh, I'm not seeing a little bit more background about Count Chocolate and why his first name is Alfred. <laughs> well, you um, know, maybe, maybe, maybe someday we'll discover it on our own. I might have to ask Jeeves uh, what's going on with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fantastic. Well, Matt, we've done it yet again. We uh, two back-to-back two hop episodes. That's right. We've gotten from Manta Shrimp to uh, Giovanni Boccaccio's The Decameron to mm-hmm. Count Alfred Chocula and the monster cereals from which he came. And in case, in case the listener is curious, uh, that first trip, like I said, took us six. Uh, the second trip was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine nine steps. Uh, certainly not our longest, but uh, definitely not our shortest either. Our shortest, still five. Uh, no, no, four, excuse me. Ball lightning to mantis shrimp just there last we week. That was our shortest trip. So 
can we beat it next week? I don't know, uh, but I can't wait to start with Monster Cereals and see where we're headed, Jethro. Absolutely. In fact, I, I, th- I know how I'm going to spend the week between now and our, our next episode. I'm going to grab me a box of Count Chocula, or excuse me, Count Alfred Chocula, and uh, curl up with uh, Giovanni Boccaccio as the Decameron, because I imagine they, they pair quite well. I would assume that that's what all of our listeners will be doing. And I only wish that I had a sauce I could put on that cereal that would uh, help its flavor come to life. I'm going to recommend uh, an, an oat milk. That's my recommendation to you. An oat milk. That's all right. right. Thank you, vegan Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, listeners. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Indeed. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.